Hey everyone, Grant for the Flame Learning Channel. In part 4 of the Motion Warp Tracking series, you'll learn how to track masks using motion vectors in the Flame products. This should help speed up any masking or rotoscoping tasks you may have, especially when it comes to organic materials. These techniques will work in the Action 3D Compositor and the GMask Tracer. If you would like to follow along, please click the link in the YouTube description to download the media. Alternatively, if you're watching the podcast version of this video, then please type the displayed link in your favorite web browser. To get started, import the downloaded media into Batch. Secondly, create an action node and load the media as the background and as a front source for Media Input 1. Double-click the action node for its controls and press ALT2 for a 2-up view. Action Schematic on the left and Result Viewport on the right. So to give a bit of context to tracking with a mask, here you have a dancer and you've been asked to blur out the images on her t-shirt. Scrubbing the time bar, you can see that the shape of her t-shirt changes over time as the dancer twists her torso. So let's start off by masking a single frame. Now let's say for argument's sake that the best frame to roto is frame 12. So ensure the time bar is positioned on frame 12 and select the surface object. Call up the contextual menu over the image and choose Add GMask Link and choose Free. Zoom into the T-shirt with Control Space and center the T-shirt in the view. Now take a bit of time to trace the outline of the images using the mask splines. Click to drop corner vertices or click and drag to make Bezier curves. You can always change them later on using the break mode in the Tools pull-down menu. Now once you've completed the mask, you'll add a bit of softness to the edges. Place the cursor over a point on the spline and call up the contextual menu. Choose Add Gradient Point. Now drag out the gradient point to soften the mask. Now it doesn't look like the mask is doing anything because the layer you're cutting into as well as the background are using the same image. So let's use a matchbox shader to make things visibly stand out. Select the image and call up the contextual menu. Choose Add Matchbox. In the file browser, you could choose the Blur Matchbox shader, but I want you to clearly see how the tracking is working. So choose Color Correct. You'll change this to a blur later on. Now click the color wheel and pull all the colors to blue. So a mask's behavior in action is to cut a hole rather than retain its contents. To switch this around, select the mask and in the mask menu, click Invert. As a tip, this behavior is the opposite in the GMask Tracer. By default, it retains the contents of the mask, but this also is switchable using the Invert button. Coming back to your example, when you scrub the time bar, the mask is only aligned to frame 12 and this is when you would track it to the T-shirt. So in order to use Motion Warp Tracking with the mask, 
you need to generate the motion vectors from the source footage and apply them to the mask's result. So firstly, ensure your G-mask is selected by either clicking it in the result view or the action schematic. Now switch to the action nodebin. In the media list, select the media in entry 1. Switch to the Maps tab and locate the Motion Vectors map. Drag that into the Action Schematic and it will attach itself to the G-Mask. You would also get the same result if you use the contextual menu on the Mask in the Result view or the G-Mask node in the Action Schematic. As a tip, the Motion Vectors are generated for a range of frames, so don't worry too much if you weren't on frame 12 when you added the Motion Vectors. Now you can either cache the motion vectors by scrubbing the time bar or double click on the motion vectors map node and switch to the analysis menu. Go ahead and cache the range of the clip so that you'll have a boost in performance when using the motion vectors. So as a reminder, the motion vectors from the footage are associated to the mask and you can see this through the action schematic connections. Now even scrubbing the time bar at this point, the mask does not appear to change its original shape. This is because you need to define a reference frame as a starting point for the motion warp tracking. Go to frame 12 and double click on the mask for its controls. Switch to the tracking menu. Change the tracking mode from planar to motion warp. Just click Add under the Reference heading to apply the motion vectors. Now if you scrub the time bar, the result of the mask will now track with the motion vectors. It's worth pointing out that you can still use multiple reference frames to distort and undistort the mask shape over time. You can see multiple reference frames working in part 2 of this series. However, one visual discrepancy I'd like to point out is that the result of the mask is tracking, but the mask's spline is not. This is because motion warp tracking is applied to the result of the mask and not the mask's spline. If this is a distraction for you as you evaluate your result, just toggle the wireframe with the I keyboard shortcut. However, what is quite useful to know is that even though you are tracking the mask result with the motion vectors, you can still edit and animate the mask spline. So for big rotoscoping jobs, you can get the majority of the movement with the motion warp tracking and fine-tune the spline. For example, enable AutoKey. Go to the last frame and start adjusting the vertices of the mask spline. So when adjusting the spline, it will still respect the tracking and distortions created by the motion vectors. Go to the first frame and tweak the vertices to your liking. Once you're done, turn Auto Key off. Now let's blur the T-shirt as requested by the client. Click the Matchbox node in the Action Schematic for its controls. Switch to the Shader menu. Click Change Shader and in the file browser, choose the blur shader. Increase the global blur to your liking. Now select the result viewport and frame the composite to the view. Turn the icons off as well. 
So that is the workflow that enables you to apply motion warp tracking to the result of a mask. Remember that you can use the same motion vectors for multiple masks and this could also speed up any tricky masking requirements. Masks and motion warp tracking is not only limited to blurring stuff on t-shirts. You can use it for general compositing, beauty work, image cleanup and more. Now there are still some other interesting aspects when it comes to motion vectors. These are some things that we'll cover in upcoming videos. Please be sure to also check out the other workflows, features and enhancements to the Flame 2018.3 update. Comments, feedback and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching and please subscribe to the Flame Learning channel for future videos.